and spectacular of all time. Welcome to WrestleMania. Well, hello, and welcome to the special Tuesday evening Trade Center edition of Russell Mania. We're going to call this one Deadline Mania. I'm joined here by our resident expert, Peter Russell, and we're going to get into this, breaking down some trades that have happened and trying to keep the mill going, uh, get people chatting. Uh, we're going to list some of our top targets and uh, just see what's going to happen at the deadline this year in 2021. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, it's uh, exciting to record back-to-back podcasts feel like uh, starting to do this full time or something. But um, yeah, just to get into some of the big moves that were made in the past couple of days. Um, I'll start with uh, the bombshell that uh, broke, I think, on Monday. And that's um, the trade between Ha Ha Ho and the Happy Toes Gang. Um, it's going to be uh, might take me a minute or two to read out all the pieces. But the main um, core of the deal was uh, Peter Taylor sending um, the majority of his uh, usable contributors <laughs> um, in Timo Meyer, Blake Wheeler, Chris Letang, Charlie McAvoy, Jordan Stahl, and Thatcher Demko, along with a couple of mid-round picks to Tim for some of his uh, weaker players, but the centerpieces would be Roman Yossi and Jack Eichel, um, as well as yeah. a second-round pick. So this move really sets up uh, Peter for... Uh, to have a strong keeper core for next year. And it gives Tim some really incredible depth, um, kind of really addressing all of his weaknesses by uh, having a, a roster that's uh, good through and through. Yeah, I think I can probably speak for all playoff teams with the despair I felt deep in my soul as I read that that list of players. And I was just like, uh, what a haul. It seems like it, it fits both teams really well, as you're saying it it rounds out Tim's depth uh, and really totally flips the script on uh, we had been writing for him. Um, he trades some injured guys for some top-notch talent. Yeah, it's uh, I guess maybe too bad that this uh, happened when it did, but my one of my hot takes for this episode when I was thinking about it was that I thought Tim was in a position to potentially move one of Yossi or Eichel. I didn't think he would trade them both, but I think it's uh, – a good way for him to stay in contention despite uh, the injuries and um, unfortunate circumstances he's ran into this year. So great move. I think this is a perfect trade and I, I know that seeing it and looking with despair is a, a good sign that both teams got better because you feel like you missed out by not being involved. So uh, kudos to those guys for orchestrating that move. I'm sure there's lots of back and forth. Um, with all the pieces, but I, I think it's a, a win for both teams. Yeah, totally. Peter's team is going to be extra scary next year. Our, he always drafts well, but that extra second round pick and two top level keepers will be uh, big bonuses. Um, it, it's kind of funny, like going from that to the other team, uh, other trades, they feel like a little more minor, but I think every, every move at this time of the year is, uh, is major at the same time. Right. 
Yes. Um, the next trade would be uh, the Golden Dwights sending Adam Fox to Heart Attack for a fourth round pick. Um, the pick swap was a fourth for a seventh, but uh, think of this establishes Reese as a serious contender. He, uh, he's been up at the top of the leaderboards pretty much the whole year. And so this move helps uh, give him a little bit more offense from his blue line. And Adam Fox has really stepped up uh, for the Rangers as kind of their number one guy. He contributes with shots and blocks and uh, is really kind of emerged as a great young defenseman. So good move by Reese picking up some D and we actually talked about it on one of our previous episodes about um, Matt having this excess of good young defensemen. So good for him to get some value for one that he was willing to move. Yeah, totally. Uh, it, it was interesting seeing last year in New York, a couple of young D stepping up with D'Angelo and Fox having good years. And we all know how D'Angelo's season has gone. Uh, he's watched a lot of hockey. And so I think Reese's team gets, gets even better. You're right. Uh, I think that's good both ways. Good value for, for Matt getting the fourth round pick and, you know, Reese made his team better at the best time of the year. Uh, then the other one that happened today was uh, Tank for 2022 rebuild made another move yeah so he uh he's trying to scott's trying to move out i think anyone he can get value for which again is a great move as a rebuilding team you you select your keepers or the guys you want to hold on to and everyone else should be for sale so scott is embracing that fully so he traded scott lawton to um, jordan's 12 parsecs um, for sean monahan a sixth round pick um, there's also a seventh round pick coming back the other way. So a slight pick upgrade and just kind of a, a trade of centers that have completely different styles. Lawton really likes to throw the body and add some grit to Jordan's team. And Monahan's more of a conventional scoring center. Yeah. Early this morning, I got a, a message from Jordan, a little, you know, rumor behind the, behind the scenes that 12 parsecs was looking to add some grit. So I think that addresses it right away. Lawton actually has been really surprised me with his uh, hits per game average in the last month. He's been quite up there and he, he actually throws some pucks on net too at the same time, which is a nice combo, but uh, I don't feel like this is going to be the last move we see Jordan make either as he's currently on the outside looking in and uh, has a lot of assets and is a bit of an imbalanced roster. So I think he's got some, some power play points that he could throw around and, uh, make moves like maybe not quite like Tim, but like we've seen Charlie uh, or, or Kyle or Reese make to kind of address some weaknesses. Yeah. I think that's a, a, a maybe a overlooked part of the trade deadline. Often we're just talking about buyers and sellers acquiring picks for players, but there's definitely some win-win moves out there for teams that have a uh, imbalance in terms of stats. Maybe they have an extra, um, extra goals or extra shots to give and they are looking for goaltending help or hitting or blocking, whatever. Um, there's uh, lots of opportunities to make your team better without giving up draft picks. So um, without further ado though, let's move into some of our top targets uh, for this deadline. Um, and the way that uh, some of these targets were um, thought of was looking at teams that are most likely to be selling. So teams that are out of the playoffs and don't really have a, a chance of making it in just with only four weeks left. So um, I went through most of their rosters and I will say in the making of this list, 
um, I kind of made some assumptions about keepers. So for example, Matt's golden Dwight's, he's probably not going to make the playoffs. He's in 14th place and he's already shown that he's going to be selling some players. His best player is Austin Matthews. I don't think he's going to trade Austin Matthews. So I just <laughs> assume that, um, Matt would keep him and would be looking to trade more of his, uh, maybe third to fourth best players rather than his, his top players. So that's just a, a PSA for um, how this list came together. Yeah, definitely. I think it's always a bit of a, a hard decision to, to round out those last two keepers. And so sometimes I think at a time like this as a seller, it comes down to um, who actually can you get the least exchange value for is who you keep. And if you can, if you have two players of the same and someone's going to give you a third round pick for one of them, um, I feel like that's a pretty good move at this time of the year. Um, so yeah, do you want to start running us down that list and we can identify top players we think will move? Sure. So uh, coming in at number 10 from the Greasy Grinders is Rasmus Ristolainen. Um, he's been a solid contributor for the Grinders and has really stepped up for a very, very poor Buffalo team that is just getting shelled every night. But I think that kind of plays to his strengths as a hitting and shot blocking defenseman, where if Buffalo is getting destroyed and lots of pucks are being thrown at their net and they never have the puck, that's really going to help Risto um, accumulate those stats. So I think he could fill a need for a team that's really looking to add that special hitting shot blocking machine. Yeah, definitely. He's always been a, a fantasy favorite. I think the other thing that sets him apart, just looking at his his stat line too, is that he's he's a hitting defenseman who gets peripherals, but he's also not a total pylon offensively. Like he he has some power play time. He does get a few assists, so uh, it's not like uh, an anchor offensively to have him on your team. Yeah, he. I was looking at his stats earlier. He's almost um, on par, pretty much, with Radko Gudas but he adds a little bit of uh, scoring. So that sounds like a player any team could use. So that's why he makes this list. Um, coming at number nine from Amplification is Johnny Goudreau. Um, he's been a longtime keeper for Ian, but I, I feel like Ian does have some other good pieces and Goudreau hasn't uh, really excelled this year in ways that he has before. So I think he's a, a good scoring winger um, that could be a, uh, targeted and it's funny because coming into maybe this week I was going to give a slight bump to some Canadian players just with their um, security in terms of games played with being a little insulated from COVID but as I say that Montreal's next three games just got cancelled because of a COVID uh, scare so maybe that's to be ignored but either way Johnny Goudreau very skilled player and uh could potentially be available. Yeah, totally. He, he provides some high flying offense and, you know, power play points are the hardest thing to find on the waiver wire. So I have always found that basically the only way to improve that is to trade or get really lucky. Um, so he, he's a good target for sure. Okay. Coming in at number eight on this list from the golden Dwight's is goalie Ilya Samsonov. Um, he kind of had a weird start to the year with, getting COVID and actually missing a fair amount of time. I know Banachek came in and started a ton of games in a row, but it seems like Samsonov is healthy again and is putting up numbers for a good Washington team. So I had the feeling that he might be available just because Matt's rebuilding 
And Matt also has two good young goalies that are showing some promise in Shesterkin and maybe Jack Campbell, if he can uh, start to get some more starts for the Leafs. I know Freddie Anderson is a free agent, I think at the end of the year. So I think I could see Matt moving one of his goalies uh, because he feels set in the other two that he would be holding on to. Yeah, definitely. He's, really got some depth there and it's an an interesting time to have that kind of come to light. Like those guys are firing at a good time uh, for Matt to get some value out of them. I think like, it'll be interesting. Like Campbell you'd think would have been a little bit cold, but after sitting on the bench for almost a month came out with another, another shutout. So uh, that's definitely intriguing in Leafland. but uh, yeah, Samsonov, you know, (laughs) the Washington goalie, whoever it is, has always been a fantasy asset. Yeah. Um, moving on down through the list, uh, coming in at number seven is Nicholas Ehlers on the Rubber Duckies. And Ehlers has had a kind of a breakout year on the Winnipeg second line. Um, I've been really impressed with the numbers he's put up. And I feel like the only thing getting in his way is his uh, teammates and maybe his coaching, because I feel like he's kind of stuck to that second line and second power play, despite him constantly putting up goals and assists. So um, he's been had a really productive year, but I feel like his upside's a little capped because he, he can't get those extra power play points just kind of w- waiting in the wings behind uh, Wheeler, Connor, and Shifley. So he's still a good target, still very productive, and um, it seems like Daniel has uh, some pieces potentially to move. I think he has a couple more guys on this list that uh, we'll hear about shortly. Yeah, I'm sure. I think it's been interesting with Ehlers, uh, as you said, being insulated from that talent. So he's not actually playing with the top guys in Winnipeg and he's putting up really good numbers. So that, that makes me pretty confident that it's not a fluke. Yeah. Um, now into our, uh, number six is Ryan, Ryan Nugent Hopkins of ha ha ho. Um, I have to admit, I made this list before the big Eichel Yossi trade was made. So I kind of had to adjust on the fly and I made some assumptions about who Peter Taylor might be keeping. I've kind of got the sense in my trade talks with him that um, anybody is available for the right price. So, um, but Ryan Nugent Hopkins has had a very strong season for Edmonton has been uh, really benefiting from playing with McDavid and Dreisaitl um, and has been reaping in the points and power play points as a result. Um, I feel like he's a, a good target though for any team because he's still young. Um, he's still going to be playing with those Edmonton guys for a while, it seems, and uh, is a pretty steady contributor. Yeah, definitely. It's getting to the point now where like he's perhaps borderline keeper, but I think he's a borderline keeper on any team. So uh, it's always nice if you're going to throw down for a, a deadline deal that maybe you hang on to them long-term as well. Yeah. So now as we break into the top five, um, this is a name I wouldn't think would normally be here, but the way this season has gone, um, I can't help but be impressed with Andre Palat of the Rubber Duckies. He has been an absolute machine ever since I lost the waiver bidding uh, war for him. Daniel threw down $15 and it may turn out to be a very, very valuable $15 depending on who he can get for Andre Palat, but I feel like Palat has uh, really emerged in Kucherov's absence, taking over that top power play spot in Tampa. 
Um, and he's not just a scorer. He also contributes some hits and uh, on that high powered team, like he's really getting a lot of points. So um, I think if I had to pick anyone on this list to be traded, I would think Palat stands out amongst the rest. Cause I don't think he has very strong keeper potential just with Kucherov coming back next year. It might uh, bump Palat out of the role he's currently on, but in terms of the rest of the season, like uh, wings up for this guy. Yeah, definitely. It's crazy to see his average rank on the season is 26. That's, that's pretty wild. Um, and as you said, like, I think it with with Daniel's team, he's got a lot of talent. So I don't, I don't see him being a keeper there uh, and could be <laughs> the best $15 ever spent. We'll see at least for this year. Yeah. Um, moving on to number four, also from the rubber duckies is Patrice Bergeron. Um, he's been a, uh, a longtime keeper for Daniel's squad. So maybe there's some loyalty there and, and Daniel wants to hold him. Um, cause he's, he's been such a, a valuable piece for his team, but I think as he's getting older in age and as all these names are coming up for Daniel's team, he obviously has some depth and, uh, the opportunity to trade Bergeron, I think might come up here. Um, he's, uh, yeah, getting up there in age, but is still a really solid, performer um he's lauded for his defensive abilities but he's also really good at putting pucks in the net and it plays on maybe the best line in hockey with david pastak and brad marchand so um him being a straight center hurts and boston kind of having this covid thing going on isn't ideal but i still think he's a a huge uh, get for any contending team to be able to land him yeah, I, th- I think he's at the point where being a center doesn't even quite hurt because he's good enough, right? He's consistently been a top 40 player for years, and that's not going away anytime soon. He's still playing with some phenomenal players and puts up numbers right across the board. He's really not going to hurt you in any category. Uh, so if I could get my hands on him, I think I would, despite my depth at center. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, there might be a lot of interest around some of Daniel's players. Um, coming into the top three now, we have Shea Theodore of the Golden Dwights. Um, I had talked earlier about uh, Matt's glut of good young defensemen, and I think Theodore is the best of the bunch. So I'm sure he is probably being considered as a keeper for Matt, and uh, I'm sure he'll fetch a pretty penny if he gets traded. But um, I don't think he's a, a proven asset, and I think he's benefiting a little bit right now from Alex Petrangelo being hurt. Um, he's kind of taking over all of the power play duties for Vegas. And that's not something that's probably going to continue once Petrangelo comes back from injury. But for the meantime, uh, he's really hot right now. And I think uh, could be a real, real shot in the arm for a team that's looking for a scoring defenseman. Yeah, totally. He, he's the real deal. I think like he's close to a point per game right now. And he was the man there before Petrangelo came. I, it's kind of funny to see like a top guy come in and actually hurt him, but you see immediately as soon as Petrangelo is out of the lineup, uh, Theodore has totally stepped up. So uh, he would definitely fetch a pretty penny. I don't think I have the assets to, to leverage that. Yeah. Um, coming in at number two is Sebastian Aho of Ha Aho, the namesake of Peter Taylor's team. Um, he may or may not be available, but I, I do think that he is a, a very enticing target 
for most teams, I will say, I think this is one of the players where he makes sense um, for buyers and sellers. I think he's going to continue to be productive for the rest of the year. Could really help a team on a playoff run, but he's still um, quite young and plays on a, a strong team. So I think even um, for a team that's out of it or maybe just kind of on the fringe and isn't sure whether or not they want to make a big splash, I think he's someone that could easily work his way into any team's keeper conversation. Yeah, it's actually, I would think, a great buy low opportunity. Just like looking, his his preseason was, I think, top 10 projected rank, um, and he's just barely in the top 100 right now. So um, definitely, definitely has some potential. A lot of people thought he'd be really good this year, and Carolina's a good team. So I think when it clicks, it will click for him. Yeah, um, I think maybe even when we had Peter on, he said he he wasn't opposed to moving him. Peter doesn't think necessarily he'll be a top 30 player, but if you're willing to make a bet against that, you could be in for some really uh, good value if you're able to acquire him for some picks or something. Um, but without further ado, on to the number one target for this trade deadline is the goalie Marc-Andre Fleury of the Rubber Duckies who has really really uh, established himself as a premier goalie in the league. There's a lot of doubts about him coming into the year with um, I guess re-signing Robin Leonard and people kind of thought that um, Marc-Andre Fleury would be the backup but he's taken over as the number one for an incredible Vegas team and has really thrived um, playing in net for them. So I have him at the top of my list because I think he would be available. Um, he's a little bit older. Again, Daniel has lots of uh, keeper uh, potential in lots of his players. So I think he could be a player that could get moved. And in terms of one single player that can make a difference for a playoff run, I having an elite goalie completely swings um, what you're able to do in terms of some matchups. So, it can take a, a team that has mediocre goalies and is losing those goalie categories most weeks into a, a team that uh, can dominate the goaltending categories. So I think he's a, a real difference maker and it'll be interesting to see if he gets moved. Yeah, for sure. There's no, no one player who has more influence on more categories in a, in a week. And, you know, he's a top 10 ranked player. So it's kind of crazy to see, to see a player that caliber perhaps moved at the deadline, but uh, I think there's some teams that would get really scary good uh, if they were able to get their hands on him. But I also think he'll command quite the price. So to go the other way, uh, you have to be willing to bite the bullet and take the gamble on a goalie in the playoffs. As we've all seen, you know, you won the one year with basically no one of any name that I can, maybe Cam Ward. When yeah, you won Cam the Ward. Thing. Jonathan so if you, Bernier, yeah, it was it was ugly, so, but it worked. So at the same time, like you have to have some cojones, I think, to make a goalie move at the deadline because uh, it could really crash and burn. Or you know, maybe Thatcher Demko is just the best goalie in the league all of a sudden. And um, I, I jinxed a goalie last week, so I have to do it this week uh, just to you know cover my bases and keep my opponents at bay. Um, yeah, that's a great that's a great rundown, Pete. Thanks for putting that list together. Uh, there's a lot of good players perhaps available and uh, you know, we could see a, a, a number of people without many draft picks in the early rounds. If all those guys go off the board. 
Yeah, I think uh, one other thing I wanted to mention before we go, I know we want to keep this short and sweet, but some honorable mentions for the list are some players that may not have much value for the rest of this year, but could work their way into keeper conversations, maybe if they have a strong playoffs or off season. But um, these are guys that are maybe hurt or still young in their development or potential free agents that could really benefit from a change of scenery. So some of those guys include um, Nikita Kucherov, Patrick Laine, Taylor Hall, Alex Petrangelo, Jack Hughes, uh, Te Tevo Teravainen. Um, and so those are our targets potentially for some um, of the selling teams. If you're looking to shore up your keeper options, maybe those are guys that uh, are worth a gamble on. Yeah, it's that's a good way to look at it because I think it's easy to get focused on just draft picks at this time of the year, but definitely it's a good opportunity to, as like you see what Peter did. I mean, he got a second round pick as well, but he also got some awesome long-term keepers. Um, so it's a good way to turn your, your rags into riches. <laughs> um, I'm excited to see what happens. Hopefully this gets the ball rolling. Uh, I hope to see a lot more notifications from my Yahoo app um, and all of them being that my proposals were accepted. <laughs> Yeah, here's hoping. Yeah. Well, take care, guys. I hope you enjoyed this, and we'll see what shakes down in the next couple of days. Good night.